We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ Podcast, my people, thank you for coming back. Another edition of the pod we will be talking nfl san francisco 49ers mini camp is over players are hitting mexico and other exotic locations for the summer this is a six-week break that nfl players get and to me it marks the official the off season this is the last six weeks it starts training camp that's essentially day one of the new season this is the install and free agency and the draft you have all that noise and now you come back and you put football pads on you hit each other and things get going we are going to delve into the 49ers on offense and minicamp defense what to take away there are a few interesting storylines going on with this football team but if you're seriously listening to an nfl podcast in mid-june you are an obsessed psycho just like myself so i respect the hell out of you you want every morsel of information you can get this is going to be the most exciting 49ers season in a long time i totally get this the giants they're doing actually pretty well they're a little stale though same guys this is a brand new football team that john lynch and kyle shannon have built and jumping right into it the offense kind of decisively loses minicamp to the defense According to all the reporters there, eyes on the scene. Jimmy Garoppolo was 8 of 20 yesterday. He didn't have Dante Pettis, Trent Taylor, or Marquise Goodwin, but 
some struggles from your boy, the franchise quarterback, in minicamp. I hate that we have to address this. This is a good thing. I just put that out on Twitter. You want Jimmy Garoppolo to not be perfect in practice. Kyle Shanahan is still learning Jimmy Garoppolo, guys. This has only been five games. I think practice situations where Garoppolo's not playing well and is in a funk, and how do you try and get him out of that funk, that's good for a play caller. That's good for a quarterback to experience these kind of lows in practice, having to bounce back. Now, the 49ers broke for summer. Guess what? I think it's good that Jimmy Garoppolo walked away after a bad performance. Not that he wasn't going to be motivated to throw in July and, and this June off time. But now he left on a sour note. He's even more eager to get back on the field. The deep ball stuff, there's articles being written about him. You think he's not reading that? It's his first year as a quarterback. He knows he has some things to work on. And I want those struggles to happen in June, August, even in training camp. Let him have a couple bad days. He needs to respond. And Kyle learns and takes things out of the playbook. Realizes, okay... This doesn't jive with him well. Let's come up with something a little different and see how it adjusts. Again, that Matt Ryan thing, Mike Silver wrote a long profile. Year one, it was a combative relationship between QB and offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan when he was in Atlanta with the Falcons. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have that type of personality, but this is the NFL. There's going to be really tough games ahead, crushing losses And you get a sliver of that in practice, and there's no pads, and it's June, and Brian Hoyer dominated these things. But I do think it's more important to screw up, get the reps, and then correct those reps. If you're dominating in practice, I'm not going to take a big stock in that. That's good that you're doing it, but it doesn't mean much. If you're making the mistakes and then correcting them and then... You execute it in the game. That's literally what this is all about. That's why they practice 130 times a year. They've only played 16 games. They're trying to memorize stuff. But yeah, I mean, offense losing to the defense, I think, is a pretty surprising storyline. You wouldn't have expected that with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's hard to say bad things about him, but I'm dead serious. Not being a homer, not playing to an audience here. It is good for Jimmy Garoppolo to struggle a little bit. Looking at the rest of the offense, I think one red flag and one issue where I'm kind of saying, hmm, what's this about, is some red zone issues. Is this one of Kyle's flaws? Is this bubbling to the surface and he's got to come up with some new schemes here? I wonder how he's looking at the red zone issues. So much of it was execution last year where the players, there was open receivers, or there was penalties down in the red zone area. A lot of it wasn't on Kyle, but hmm, this is an offensive mastermind. Does he have one weakness? He's going to have to prove it this year in the red zone. They didn't really add any big bodies at all. Dante Pettis is 6'1", more of a shifty guy than a big body guy. Kittle's transformed to be a stronger athlete, but I don't know if that automatically means he's going to dominate in the red zone. So When there's no Richard Sherman out there, and Jimmy Ward, I think, has been banged up too. It's really not the top DBs, and you're still struggling in the red zone. I am scratching my head a little bit at that one. I'm totally cool with Jimmy G throwing a dud, having a bad day at the office, but you would hope a better O-line is going to help you in the red zone. I remember Kyle, 2014 with the Browns, 
calling Isaiah Crowell's number all the time in the red zone. Inside the 20s, the Browns were just mashing the football at people. Joe Thomas, Joe Botonio, Alex Mack. If the O-line is living up to that potential, I don't think the red zone issues will be a big deal. You can't really tell now. A lot of it's throwing in the red zone. You're trying to master those plays. This O-line, they made the huge investment in Weston Richburg as center. They still have Lakin Tomlinson, Joshua Garnett, Cooper. They're figuring out guard. I mean, their, their first round pick in the top 10 was a right tackle. Joe Staley's a Pro Bowl left tackle. This O-line should not be letting down the run game. They're going to have to be the red zone weapon, as weird as that sounds. If Garoppolo, this is a thing that he struggles with, wow. Okay, maybe he's not a flawless prospect here. Maybe he wasn't a first-round pick because, okay, he's not that great of a deep ball thrower. He has some issues in the red zone. That's okay. This football team can find ways to score. Kyle Shanahan's done that before. He's moved the football with a variety of quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be at a Pro Bowl level this year. Will he make the Pro Bowl? I'm not sure. But there are going to be times where he's not scoring every drive. He went 30 of 50 last year on scoring drives. He got points 30 times. Theoretically, it should be smoother. I want to bring this up next. TK Pod, Tim Kawakami had John Lynch on. Good listen for the athletic there. I took away John Lynch saying we have a better roster on paper and he'd been on Buccaneers teams where they were better on paper the year before and the record didn't match up. It doesn't automatically mean the 49ers are improving and going to go 10 and 6 this year. I know you guys hate when I say this stuff, but it's it's so true in the NFL. Things have got to gel together. Got to stay healthy, obviously. People have to put in the work. John Lynch told Kawakami that Kyle's been harping on that, putting in the work. We are better. Look at the competition. Like, this is not a year ago. This is year two of our regime. We are assembling our cannons right now. We are putting things in line. But if everyone's goofing off and we're having too much fun and we're not getting the work done, then we're going to be a big disappointment. It's going to be embarrassing for everyone here because there's hype on this football team. The 49ers are expected to finish second in the division. The Rams, good. Keep the pressure on them. I've had previous podcasts. They are all in. If they don't get a Super Bowl, it's going to be a disappointing season in L.A. 49ers, all they have to do is go 9-7, and seven, sneak in as a wild card. That will be considered a good year for them. But, I mean, this team's going to have to overcome some stuff. It's not going to be as easy as December was. The schedule is a lot more challenging. Definitely sticking with 9-7, and 10-6 for this football team. They're more stocked. The refrigerator is more full, but there aren't huge holes on this football team like Trent Baalke left, but I don't think any unit in particular is dominant outside your quarterback, which matters most. So there are injuries. There just could be people exposed on the field, not to say that it's going to be Dante Johnson, but if Richard Sherman does get nicked up or isn't healthy and needs to redo the surgery or something terrible happens there, you are talking about Tyvis Powell potentially being on the field. Jimmy Ward, Akilah Witherspoon. Tarverius Moore, he took a kind of a leap in minicamp. They were giving him some first-team reps. I'm just saying you're, you're banking a lot on Richard Sherman there. Tart has never stayed healthy before. Who is your backup strong safety? This team is going to be able to stop the run. I'm very confident in that. I just think they still might get beat in the pass. And there's still be it could be shootout type of games this year. It could be a lot more 30, 27 final scores 
and Kyle now instead of playing conservative ball with Hoyer and, and setting up his run is saying we've got to outscore some people here. There are scenarios where the team goes six and ten, seven and nine, but I think that's the key here: training camp, heightened competition. Trent Taylor, his back cleanup. I think we should have addressed that a lot earlier. This is kind of a big deal. A back injury for a wide receiver, that's going to be a tough one. Minor cleanup surgery should be ready to go during training camp. But if he's limited and Dante Pettis is getting reps at the slot and Dante Pettis is dominating, we all love Trent Taylor. He might get pushed a little bit to the side. He still could end up with 15, 20 receptions, but... This big role of him, how he looked in the Chicago game, Jimmy Garoppolo's debut. They had great chemistry right away. This is what I'm talking about. That Things are going to happen. This team is not going to remain 100% healthy. Everything you're envisioning for this team, Jarek McKinnon going off, Brita having his little side piece role, George Kittle dominating. We don't know. We do not know yet. That's the best thing about the NFL we have no idea. The NBA, we knew who was going to make the finals. The NFL, we're pretty sure the 49ers are going to be really good, but their path to that is up in the air. I think Kittle is actually the player who makes the biggest year two leap. I think Colbert plays at pretty much the same level he did last year on defense. Solomon Thomas takes a step in the right direction, but I think George Kittle... The chemistry he's building, Jimmy Garoppolo's strengths are kind of 15-yard darts in the middle of the field where he grew in practice throwing to Gronkowski and tight ends and Belichick's system loves tight ends. I think Kittle could have 60 receptions this year for close to 1,000 yards. And you pray he becomes your red zone guy. He gets this much confidence with Garoppolo, how he looked in that Rams game week 17. Kittle has added muscle mass. He said his weight is still the same. He admitted to being really tired from the draft process too. I mean, coming from Iowa, getting thrown into all this, he was a blocker, really. Not utilized as a receiver for the Hawkeyes. Just playing a completely different position. Beat up all year. Took some time off. Shout out to him being one of the best Fortnite players ever too. His Instagram, worth the follow. There's literally four posts every night of him winning at Fortnite. Uh, there's, there's a fun group of guys that they're building in there. You can tell they're having fun. You had that Cassius Marsh quote. I, I really think you see Staley and McGlinchey. Robbie Gould said it's one of the best locker rooms he's been in in 15 years in the league. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan know what that vibe feels like. They've been around championship teams. They are picking people here. Their 5th and 6th and 7th round picks were incredible last year. I don't know if that's going to be the case this season. And they're going to have to bank on those guys doubling down. So my bet is Kittle to have the best. Let's just move to defense real quick. I think the scariest part, even though they're winning and the secondary looks deep, making plays, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, the defense is riding into the summer on a high. They slow down Jimmy Garoppolo and... I mean, that's great. Jeff Halfley is coaching those guys up well. There's a reason Kyle kept him on the staff. Back to the scariest part, though. We're not going to know if the pass rush is an issue until week one. You can have a couple plays made in the preseason games. Training camp, 
you're not sacking the quarterback at all. You do not get to touch the quarterback. They're wearing black jerseys on purpose. Do not touch our franchise quarterback. Do not touch C.J. Beathard. We need him too. No NFL team is letting their guys touch the quarterback. So we could see DeForest Buckner get in the backfield a lot, and he looks like he's dominating on the O-line, and they're, they're blocking up front. But it is not the same as going against another team. And even in the preseason, you have a sack in the first quarter. That's good, but you're not playing the full game here. You're using all your energy up for a quick burst. I mean, preseason is pointless. It's used to decide players 40 through 53 on your roster. And give those guys some reps. I mean, it's not 100% pointless, but to look in at your pass rush to see if it's going to be good, you're not going to get it from the preseason. So that's the scary part here. There's going to be stories like Marsh is really stepping up. Wow, they've, they're using sub packages. They're really getting pressure on the quarterback in training camp. I hate to be a Debbie Downer. We will not know until week one at Minnesota. Can you get Kirk Cousins to the ground? Next week, are you flustering Matt Stafford out of the pocket and he's making some dumb interceptions? I mean, you should be able to get pressure on these quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers the next week, Pat Mahomes is going to be essentially his first season. He's a little more mobile. But, yeah, we're beating the drum about pass rush, but I just want to forewarn you there's going to be a lot of positive stories put out there. And Robert Sala speaking out about these guys. They look more lean and ferocious and... They understand things. That should be the case, but it does not matter. Everything else matters in training camp. Jimmy Garoppolo's rhythm. We'll see some of the running backs emerge. If, so, if Joe Williams keeps fumbling, he might be off the team. He could be on the practice squad, and the 49ers say, hey, if we lose him, we lose him. Because we have to try and win 9, 10 games this year. We need a spot on this roster for someone better than Joe Williams. Could be a miss. Mike Shanahan has missed on fourth-round picks before. It, I think it's better to admit your mistake with a fourth-round pick than keep him a third year, and then you're going to have McKinnon and Breida explode. Then, really, Joe Williams is just out, out. We'll see. Kyle hyped him up seven yards per carry in the preseason, but he, he fumbled again in minicamp. And Kyle said there was not enough consistency with him last year, bringing it every day, knowing that, hey, just because you had one good day of practice Tuesday, Wednesday, you're not you're not just jogging around out there. This is a competition for playing time. Um, KJ podcast, we're delving in. Let's do a little more defense. Witherspoon, I love. I mean, I have made a little bit of a 180 on him. I wish I had my eyeballs out there. I could tell you what is hype and what's not. I kind of know these reporters pretty well. Who's going for the retweets and who's giving you credible, solid information about what happened. Um, Witherspoon had a good offseason. He's the benefactor of Richard Sherman. I think automatically starting, Kyle Shanahan said Jimmy Ward is a starting quality cornerback for us so he can play in an injury, but you're looking at Spoon sitting in there at the number two. We'll see how Richard Sherman gets picked on. The, the videos of him doing individual drills, some people are saying he looked fast. I thought he does not look 100% and still has a little bit to go. He is 30. He's not the same explosive athlete. He's a sharp veteran who knows how to play the game of football. Um, we'll see how Spoon responds to getting picked on because, of course, he's going to get thrown a lot more his way. 
it wasn't the case last year because Dante Johnson was getting picked on. Witherspoon was much better than him as a rookie. Very lengthy. Eventually, you would think, in best case scenario, three years from now, Tavarius Moore is also a good corner. And those are your starters. Richard Sherman will be 33. You're probably not going to bring him back on another long-term deal, at least. So you're having Tarverius Moore and Witherspoon. How do you get more of the snaps this year? It's not a nickel. You're not going to throw that much on his plate, moving from safety and then trying to teach him nickel, too. You have DJ Reed. You have Kawan Williams, my boy, who I still think will beat out DJ Reed. Um, Ruben Foster is now back. As a starter alongside Malcolm Smith. We really don't know about Malcolm Smith. That was a practice player last year. You have Raiders fans. Ted Nguyen, who I respect. Good football mind saying he's not that good. Fred Warner will likely replace him. I I think to start the year, if Ruben Foster isn't suspended, it's going to be Foster and Malcolm Smith. And if Malcolm Smith has struggles, then Fred Warner comes in. You've got to figure out sub packages for Fred Warner. He can guard tight ends in the slot. I think they were playing him a lot at Mike while Ruben was out to teach him that position so it's interchangeable, so he can make calls in case of in- injuries, suspensions. I, linebacker is at the deepest position. If Malcolm Smith does come in and perform, I really have no idea. I think he's going to be okay. I think it's definitely a step up from Brock Coyle. Malcolm Smith does love this scheme. Salah stands on the table for him. That was a bad injury last year. They were upset when that happened. It was Ruben Foster, remember, had that ankle sprain. I think missed, played like week one, a couple snaps, then missed about a month. The linebacker ended up being a problem spot early in the year. They have a lot of depth there now. KJ Podcast, 49ers minicamp, defense beats the offense. Jimmy Garoppolo, good that he struggled. Kyle Shanahan figuring out what to use on the playbook, what not to. If he struggles in training camp, then I'll raise my eyebrows a little bit more, but I still won't panic because, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo is not that great of a practice player. I've seen five games with him. You know Seahawks fans, Cardinals fans, Rams fans are praying that Jimmy Garoppolo comes out and looks bad with all the hype. The fan base has been beating the drum so hard. There is pressure on him. I think failing in minicamp keeps him motivated, and it's good timing for the 49ers. Roster is better this year. Doesn't automatically mean playoffs. A lot of work, a lot of staying healthy. A lot of Robert Sala, too. Let's just go there. He's got to be better as a defensive coordinator year two. It wasn't bad year one, but as Kyle Shanahan says, you're either getting better or worse. The timing that he uses blitzes on, he's going to have to get creative with his pieces up front. I trust the secondary. That scheme is what it is. You are who you are. The 49ers line up their secondary. Robert Sala is really, he's got to do a better job of getting pressure to the quarterback with the pieces he has in play. If he doesn't do a good job this year, you can literally say, all right, who did they add to this front seven? They lost Elvis Dumerville, their top sack leader, that would be so funny in training camp if they really say, okay, we got to bring Elvis back. He might be retired. Um, no team's really out there. I mean, he did clean up, though. I'm, I've gone into this conversation a ton on this podcast. Pressures are good. The 49ers have a lot of them, but sacks are better. 
got to finish plays. Pressure can lead to the quarterback making mistakes, but the sack thing I, I really think is going to be the thorn in this team's side. I said cornerback last year. If I say sack this year, you can say, okay. He's annoying about these points, but he's hammering home. This team had money to build assets to trade. I mean, Kyle repeatedly said we didn't want to take a player in the top 10 who was a, was a reach, who we didn't think was worthy of that pick just to fill a need. I get it. It's going to take time. You can't solve every hole, but it's just that is the gaping hole. There's one Swiss cheese hole. I know you guys are annoyed of me saying this. It's the healthy debate on Twitter. I, it's, You just can't blame Sala at the end of the year and be like, Robert Sala did a terrible job. There was just no pass rush. The scheme is flawed. They, they did not have that piece. KJ Podcast. I keep saying KJ Podcast. My people. Working on a big content project I hope to unveil in a couple months. But sinking my teeth in. It's the summertime. I'm not sure our podcast schedule. I want to get a couple guests during this off time just to chat about some predictions. Just even talk fun stories about the league. It is good to just unplug, though, from football. This is 24-7, 365, but these, this, like, what, 30, 40 days here is kind of nice. Let's take a deep breath. Still joke about the sport on Twitter, but let's. we don't need to analyze every single detail of this team. We've covered that thoroughly on the KJ Podcast. 49ers have one of the best media beat writing groups in the league. Be very happy of all the different angles you get different personalities in that room great questions being asked eric branch from the sf chronicle kyle going into the whole detail about the read option we are lucky to have kyle shanahan at controls here there's a lot of head coaching situations in the league that are nowhere near as positive and inclusive kyle wants fans and media members to be involved in this football team to learn about the sport to know why he calls plays and runs the team as he does. I think they're building a good culture down there. There's a lot at stake, though. A disappointing year and another so-so draft if they don't come away with stars in the first round. And McGlinchey's struggling. There are scenarios where pressure is back on Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. They couldn't have crushed the offseason harder. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo. They got they revamped the running game with Jarek McKinnon, the O-line, McGlinchey in the first round. They stuck by Reuben Foster. They took the heat. They stood in a tornado right there with everyone calling for change and getting rid of Reuben. They've handled everything about as well as you can handle it their first 18 months in the job. There hasn't been really one complaint except for that RR. Niner account, the one that's now mysteriously suspended that was tweeting us all the time in favor of Trent Bulky. Burner account alert. There's been no one to really hammer this team because they haven't done anything wrong. They're building in the right direction. We'll continue to analyze all the movements about the 49ers. Training camp will be upon us in late July. Enjoy this time away. Enjoy the Warriors' latest championship. I thought it was going to go six. It ended up being a sweep sorry to my Cleveland people I know you're really pissed at Kevin Durant you know sometimes life isn't fair 
the Warriors were a cool bunch of guys and had the money to get him. And Kevin Durant wants to be happy. And he doesn't care what you think. And if he ends up with five titles, he's going to end up being a top 10 player of all time. Okay, KJ NBA thoughts. I have to get a couple of those out there. Really only in June. That's the only time I'll talk NBA. (laughs) The rest of the time, it's NFL rambling at the end of the podcast. I love my people. I seriously thank you. Really been doing this on my own network now for 10 months. And getting my thoughts out there on Twitter. Maybe I'm writing soon again. Maybe. Hopefully. We shall see. KJ Podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy summer break. We've got a football season coming up pretty soon. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi. My family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just six bucks at OldNavy and OldNavy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High fashion. Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.